guys, what's going on? This is Purpose, Passion, and Coffee. This is your host, Christian J. Lynch speaking. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode today. Know your purpose, pursue your passion, and most importantly, enjoy the process. Let's get it. Hey guys, welcome to this episode. This one's going to be a little different. Um, I have no one. I'm hosting at all, no guests. Uh, This one's just going to be talking about just my life behind uh, entrepreneurship, kind of going into my personal life and just the podcast vision. And uh, real quick, I was really not comfortable or even comfortable doing this. I've like shot, shot, recorded this like three or four times and like scratch that, do this because I'm kind of like insecure in doing this. So I'm um, way more comfortable interviewing people. But I thought, you know, I was like, well, what's the reason behind, you know, recording this? And I said, well, maybe it's good for, for people to look back on asking like, well, why did Christian start this podcast or what is it really for? What's the value of it? And that's kind of or even the credibility of Christian and having these people on. So I kind of want to just give that vision real quick. And and uh, that's kind of the whole reason behind that. And also, you know, like I am just a normal guy and anyone can, can pursue their passions. You don't have to be, um, you know, a big wig and and uh, I guess you say the world. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get into it. So my entrepreneurship um, always started from a young age. And I don't think I really, really realized this until probably the past year and even the couple months. And I don't even think my mom would have honestly thought about this either but I remember from a young age but my brother was six Clark and I was eight at the time and my grandma my mom would do garage sales all the time in Lakewood um that's where my grandma lives and I remember them just you know it it was probably a good marketing thing to do is they would have me and my brother sit at the end of the driveway with a red table and uh they would give us cookies and pop and like I think uh yeah cookies and just soda and we would sell them like cookies for 50 cents or 75 cents and then a pop for a dollar and we would bring in so many like customers that would go to the garage sale because they would just see two young, I guess you'd say cute boys on the side of the street selling cookies and especially and, and soda, especially on a hot day. I mean, who doesn't want that? So I remember like we would always do that. And um, me and Clark at the end of the, the summer, the end of the garage sale, we'd just be so excited of just like getting uh, just the, the, the tangible money that we had and, and being able to save it or spend it. Like Clark was a big spender. He's more of a saver now, but it's just kind of funny looking back. But we did that and then we did make up deals. Like me and Clark were like, okay, we'll make a certain sign. Are you staying in the industry? I'll stand here. We'll talk and we will, we'll try to make people laugh to buy more cookies or we'll put on a deal. Like, hey, for a soda and a cookie, if you do it, instead of 175, we'll make it 150. And uh, just kind of putting our brains together um, on doing that. And it was just so exciting for me just to see the process of, okay, putting in some work and then making money as an eight-year-old. I mean, we took like $30, $40 home from all the cookies we sold. Um, and that was at, at that time, we, we thought we were millionaires, you know. And uh, yeah, then I remember one year, my, um, we ended up buying all the cookies and soda on our own. And uh, it was definitely the process, but we really got to experience what it was like to, to buy things. But then you also have to sell it too with your own money. And so that really kind of was, I guess, the foundation of just realizing making money and um, just working hard um, at it. Uh, then from then, I, from there, I would actually like, okay, what if I do my own garage sales? I get older, and so when my mom and grandma would do stuff, I would have like Bakugan, like little ball things you like hang on. You can play games if anyone ever remembers those. Um, I had like a lot of Nerf guns, the OG stuff. We play Nerf guns all the time. Um, I would sell those. You know, I would have some sports cards. I would sell those, and just making that money was just like exciting in the process of finding something that I have. You know, utilizing it. also someone who is going to buy it. It's bringing value to them. They're bringing value to me. Just like the transaction between that was just, I don't know, maybe I was weird as a kid, but it was fun and exciting. And then I got to, with that money, I got to maybe save up for something. I was a big saver um, and or just in, to save up for something that I really wanted or I aspired to get at some point. 
And one of those things was funny is my Clark can probably remember this if he's listening to this was he found like this PlayStation 2 at a garage sale. And I, I, that thing is ancient. I mean, I don't think you could ever find a PlayStation 2 <laughs> right now. <laughs> but I remember getting a PlayStation 2. I think we were like, I was like 10 or 11 or something. And he found it. He's like, Christian, this PlayStation 2, let's ask mom and dad if we can get it. Because they were kind of strict on the video games and stuff we'd play as a kid. And um, you know, I was like, fine, fine, we'll get it. And I remember like every single night like from school, me and him would just go down there, play like um, Call of Duty, whatever it was, different games on the PlayStation 2. And it was so fun and exciting, not just because it was a video game and that it was new to us because you know it's a PlayStation 2, the thing is, it's ancient now. But the fact that me and him worked hard and saved up our money and bought it, that we actually – like we gotta, we gotta see. I guess the fruits of saving up, working for something, and then buying something, and then enjoying it. And that was so exciting. I, I honestly like. I wish I could go back to the, you know, I guess you say, quote unquote, old days. I'm only 21, but just like, just grinding and just being able to buy that PlayStation 2 was just so, so awesome. Um, and then from then, I would just do like chores at the house. Uh, my mom would make me vacuum. Clark would do the toilets. Um, don't ask me why one did the other. That was just kind of the, the, the what mom gave us. And so we'd get five bucks a week. And that was about $20 we'd get each month. And I would like save a lot of that. And I thought that was everything, you know, doing chores for $5. Um, you know, I was like, hey, it's another thing I can do and I can work for. Um, and that kind of, we did that till I was like probably 13 or 14 vacuuming the house. And then from then, I went to go do tile jobs with my dad. And that kind of started even like at seven and eight and even up. He's always done tile. His dad did tile, so he learned it. So he's in his way, he's a firefighter too. He's a firefighter as well as a tiler. So he's in his way too, an LLC, an entrepreneur. And so I kind of saw that side of things. I would always go on the jobs with my dad, me and Clark would. Um, you know, it, we hated it definitely a lot, most of the times because we had nothing to do we'd, or we'd, we'd actually just work. And he'd give us some play time, but we just work with him and just see how you do things. Um, and I'm so thankful for it now because it's, you know, I was able to even utilize that skill and help some, um, my good friend, um, uh, he got married and we were able to uh, fix up the house and do a good, uh, decent tile job, um, with him just because I learned it from my dad, whoever knew that would happen. And I'm able to later on down the road, I'm going on going, I went with him on some tile jobs and he paid me. Um, so that was just cool to see that side. And, and there was also that, um, proportion of seeing my dad as a I guess you could say an entrepreneur too um, and then from like at 12 years old my dad had the bright idea of starting a mowing business and pulling me and Clark um, with him and um, he just wanted to do it because he just wanted to give us some money that we could eventually do he thought it was a good idea and it was an amazing idea looking back at it now where, where we are at right now is you know I remember just like oh Clark we got to mow because all the kids would be like the pool hanging out playing video games you know um, Call of Duty World at War Zombies was where it was at back then, the original OG, if you remember that, and like everyone was doing that, and I was like, I and mean, we had to go mow, or we had to build fences with my dad, all this stuff, and like we hated it, but man, I'm so thankful for it, where it brought me now, and so just even doing that, and we got, you know, we weren't, didn't work out, he gave us like half and half, um, I mean, he gave us all the money, he hardly took any, which was so, so kind of him to do that, and just realizing, hey, if you guys can start your own business, or you can work hard, you can really make a good a good living out of it and it's the excitement in the process of doing something that's worthwhile that it's hey it's your own business um so i really love that and so thankful for him um and that transferred into like i think i was about 16 my mom was like hey i want you to work another job i want you to do some stuff at chick-fil-a i think it's going to teach you a lot of things and i think you know she worked in um customer service for a while i think when she was in high school and she wanted me to do that because she learned a lot and like I was dreading, I'm like, Mom, I do not want to go to Chick-fil-A. Like, I don't want to go to any fast food restaurant. It's going to be terrible. Well, obviously, I'm 16. She's kind of in charge of me. So she 
forcefully made me apply and I worked there for three years and I can't tell you how thankful I am for her for allowing me to work at Chick-fil-A or pushing me to work at Chick-fil-A and just seeing the staff and how it was handled. I mean, some of the most amazing people working there at Chick-fil-A, the one in Independence is the one by the mall. I was the one I worked at in um, Independence, Missouri. And uh, I remember just learning communication skills, uh, customer service, how to have emotional intelligence with the customers, with the people you're working with, how to be on time how to be above reproach. You know, the customer's always right. Technically, they're not. Um, but you'd be surprised if someone misses a pickle or doesn't put an extra uh, Chick-fil-A sauce in the bag, like how upset they can be. So it's like how, how to handle that when conflict comes um, in the business aspect of, of relationships, stuff like that. I learned so much from that. How the company was run. I was good friends with the owner's son and I would, you know, we would talk a little bit and have some meetings I'd be a part of. And it was just such a such a privilege just to see how Chick-fil-A was run and and uh, all the opportunities that, that has led that um, that led me to even where I'm at right now would have not been if it wasn't for all the things that Chick-fil-A has taught me. So if you have not worked in customer service at all, and if you're still like 16, 17, through even 2021, 20, or just really anything in life, like, I mean, no matter where you're at, you're always going to have some sort of customer service, but just a really good job um, that impacted me. Um, and then from there, still doing like um, the mowing business, not really going all in just because I'm busy with swimming and stuff like that. Uh and I ended up working um, under my mom. She's executive administrator to um, it's a bone and joint clinic up in uh, right across from the Top Golf in Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, it's called KC Bone, bone and Joint Clinic, um, and she's like the 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 boss. I call her the boss lady. She has her own plaque there um, that uh, I encourage her to get. Um, but I worked there for about two years. I just stopped kind of pretty much this summer. Maybe do part time later on. We'll see. But yeah, I was really uh, interested in the medical field and seeing what it was like and um i worked on the under the urgent care the one of the pas there and it was just kind of awesome to see you know the sides of the insurance and to see um how people react when you're in pain um even more so that was even harder because people are going in for like maybe they lost a finger or they ripped open their, their knee or you know they've broken an ankle whatever it is like i was part of that checking the people in and so i got to really see uh, if that was something i would want to be in um and it was good because I think a lot of people overthink things. My mom's always said, hey, Christian, you don't really know until you try it. And it's it's so simple, but it's not so easy for people to understand. And so I was like, well, if I want to see if I want to be interested in the medical field versus you know business side entrepreneurship, maybe I should just try urgent care for a year or two. I mean, I'm still young. I still have a whole bunch of time. And I'm so glad I did that. Um, and then really... That kind of led me to, to now in this year, our, we, I, last uh, December or November, I told Clark, I said, hey, dude, I really want to um, grow this business and just see what we can do. Why not? You know, we have this good thing. We've, dad's built it up for us. We're like at seven, eight clients. You know, we make just some decent side money doing a couple of landscape jobs here and there, but never really taking it serious, you know, building it up, scaling it. So I, you know, I was talking to some mentors of mine, um, shout out to Alex and Austin Rich, who uh, own State and Lawn. And uh, just guys who just really, there are two brothers and one of them I'm super close with, with both great, amazing people just um, impacted me in the way to how to scale and grow a business, um, you know, especially with them being the lawn care landscape and of them having like over 190 clients and just really just over the past five or six years building that up. And I was taking their advice and I was reading stuff and doing YouTube stuff about all, all of that and how to build a business um, and grow it even more. Um, and yeah, so Clark's like, Hey, I'm in, we'll do it. And, uh, we started this year, um, with like eight or nine clients. And then from there we built it up to, uh, 30 to 35 clients that we have now. And, uh, it's been such a 
uh, a blessing just to see that. And I mean, we started doing ads. We started, uh, you know, reaching out, doing referrals. Um, we started, we have it on business cards. We did a Facebook page. I mean, all in, even Instagram posts um, to, you know, like asking people, hey, could you reach out to this person or finding connections or having meetings or whatever it was um, to even my brother taking risk of buying a, you know, a, a mower that's not cheap. I'll say that. Um, and definitely as far as where we're at right now, we probably say, hey, it's probably not the best to buy the mower, but we realize, hey, this mower can make us more money even in the next future or in the next years to come or even maybe in the next couple months. And it definitely has. And uh, so him doing that and us just going all in, we started from even um, like 2000 a month. I said, Clark, I want to have a goal. You know, it's big on writing, you know, goals and, and, and having a vision for it. I said, hey. I want to do like 2000 the next month I want to double it, double it, double it, where we end up doing 2000 in revenue per uh, a month to $8,000 um, in revenue in a month uh, with landscaping jobs and mowing, and uh, and hopefully to even grow it even more, um, which is really exciting, and it kind of reminded me of the kid at the garage sale. It was just, just fun for me just to see me putting in the work and then seeing it kind of kind of grow, but uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at with what, what I'm doing as far as entrepreneurship, I guess you would say, and there's other things I want to do, but this is kind of like, I guess you would say, quote unquote, my, my baby right now that I need to spend a lot of time in and, and kind of building that and growing that. But I will say it def, it is hard. Like, I mean, we took, I spent a lot of time in it, creating ads, talking with people, I mean, working long hours, um, while people were, you know, hanging out or doing other things. And there's a lot to go on to go into it, even looking at like, getting your own LLC to insurance and all that stuff, being self-employed, uh, you know, in the future, that's going to, it's, it's a challenge, but for me, it's, it's worth it because I really do love the process of um, just building something on your own and going after it. And there's a lot of risk, there's a lot of unknowns, but that's the name of the game. And uh, yeah, that's kind of my backstory with uh, um, entrepreneurship and kind of um, really just uh, set me up with why I'm interviewing these people. Right, so this leads me into my personal life, and so I'll try to keep this as short as I can. So I was born, raised in KC, still in KC. Um, I'm the oldest of four four siblings, and honestly, it's been one of the biggest blessings and also one of the uh, most challenging things um, I have in life. Um, just uh, it's really kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone and, and being a better leader, um, caring for my siblings in different ways. Um, I have two brothers; one is 19, one is nine. And I have a little a little uh, sister who is eight years old, and she's the princess of the family. Uh, you never know what mood she's going to be in. Either she's going to be uh, a tomboy or a drama queen. Uh, so it keeps the family alive for sure, but I wouldn't trade it for anything else. I love them dearly. Definitely, there's like this uh, natural instinct as being the older brother that you just do anything um, to be there for them, to encourage them, to be their backbone. Um, whether times are celebrate them in times when, when it's great or be, be there for them when it, when it's hard. And so I, I've just thank God that he's allowed me to be the older brother and, uh, so that I've, I've grown in so many different ways. And then also just to have a really, uh, close relationship with my brother Clark at 19. We've done so, we've had so many memories together. Um, we've just seen each other grow in different areas. We're definitely uh, different in some ways, but as far as kind of how we're driven and motivated, we're definitely very similar just with the same parents. Um, you know, ever since my whole entire life, uh, my parents have always instilled in me, um, be a hard worker. Um, you know, don't be entitled to anything. You, what, what, if you want something, you have to go after it. Um, be the hardest worker in your room uh, or in the room and, uh, you know, be a leader. Be, and uh, most importantly, really, they kind of taught me just to be a servant. 
um, just to serve others well and, uh, and, and humbling yourself. Um, so that's kind of been the background of raising up, always been involved in sports and stuff like that. And um, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but from a young age, I've always been pretty insecure. Um, you know, I really struggled with that, with a lot of identity. I guess you could say crisis almost from, from like 8 to even probably roughly around 16. Um, I was kind of the chubby boy at the end of the pool in summer and eating nachos and drinking my Mountain Dew. Um, kind of all the way up to about 14. Really wanted to fit in. Uh, wanted to make people laugh. You know, get attention from girls. All that stuff. I didn't really get that until like around 13 or 14. And, and the reason why, and it's kind of shallow, honestly, but it's the real world in, in some ways, is that I um, I started working out consistently. I hit puberty, and I praise Jesus for that. Um, <laughs> that was a rough spot for me. Um, and uh, really just eating eating well. You know, following up on nutrition, learning about that. And then I made the decision to go all, all year round in swimming, um, just because I that was really the sport that I that I uh, enjoyed. But more so to say, it challenged me the most, just with being disciplined, um, being consistent, and having goals that you want to pursue. Um, so yeah, I remember coming back and after having all those insecurities and identity things um, going on in my life, I kind of filled that with not the right things, which was after I got back and changing kind of where I looked and who I was, um, was just a guy who got accepted and I guess you'd say quote unquote being cool um, with uh, other guys around me finally that I always wanted and, and then definitely getting a lot of attention from girls, I guess you would say. And I thought that was everything and how many girls can I like or who, who you know, which girls are prettiest, I'd go after that. And um, I'm looking back from it, totally immature and just, there's no purpose in it. Like it's all for vain. And, uh, but I mean, you're, that's what happens when you're insecure. You don't really know who you are. You just kind of go after things that are temporary or, or, or natural that, that would fill that void in the moment. Um, so really learned a lot. Definitely a struggle bus in high school. Um, even in high school, I was, you know, homeschooled and private school, then back to homeschool and then back to private school. Uh, no, not, uh, back to public, uh, first time public school at uh, uh, 16, so sophomore. I went to Raytown and was able to be, you know, the captain of the swim team. Um, you know, we went all state, all that stuff. And so I, f- I feel like that transferred into identity to, you know, being accepted by people, people pleasing to accomplishments and being on the, like, I was able to be in the newspaper for getting like, all state, um, top 500 wins for the first time in Raytown, um, undefeated season, junior year. Um, then able to speak in front of the mayor at Raytown and the whole assembly uh, just because of the things that we've accomplished and how we led the team. Uh, and all amazing, but definitely just even then that stuff didn't, like there was still something missing. Like I wasn't satisfied in that. And um, so that was kind of a whole ordeal, but that kind of led me through going to a church called Abundant Life at, uh, at 16 or 17 and um, finding real people for the first time that were just not afraid to just be vulnerable uh, to the fact that, hey, they're not perfect and they mess up even in the church, which was awesome to see because I never really had that. I went to a church who was, everything was always perfect. And like, you, if you never talk about struggles, like no one really ever messed up. That was it, you know? Um, and so I met a guy at Abundant Life, uh, the church on the summit, uh, named, uh, named Josh Hopper. And, uh, we instantly clicked and became my good friend. And now even more so my best friend and also my brother, um, and so we just have done life together since 16 and we even had our own community group, um, led by guys, just guys that we'd meet up every week and we'd talk about, Hey, how's life going? We'd celebrate each other. What were we going through? You know, cause life's hard when you're in high school. You're just trying to figure things out, who you are really. 
Um, and they really encouraged me to, to seek my identity. And one uh, of my personal belief is, is in God and who he's created me to be and that no one can determine your value or worth because he's the one that's created you. Um, so the creator determines the value of the creation. And so that's kind of where I get my, where, where I've got my value now. I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, but leading down to about 18, was senior year of high school and had the opportunity and I applied and I got accepted to the Naval Academy. And that was a big ordeal for me. I thought, I, you know, I was like, wow, I got accepted to the Naval Academy, D1 Swimming, going to get a scholarship there. I'll go there for four years. You know, then four more years, all, all my school will be paid for. And then I have to serve for four more years. I'll be on a boat. Maybe I'll be, sh- you know, shipped to Hawaii or, or stationed out of Florida. Like that was, that seemed like awesome to me. But some things kind of happened um, during that time where God kind of closed some doors and opened some ones and, I mean, I can always look back and be like, well, what if I would have went there? Um, would have would have been better? Um, you know, just kind of struggling with that. But I'm so thankful that God allowed me to to go through that and kind of discern, um, even at that great opportunity, because that was kind of my idol. And I think I think God kind of closed it because it was becoming my idol. You know, um, you know. And so, kind of like a, a quote that I have for that is sometimes the things that didn't happen are the best things that did happen. Because it reveals an opportunity that never would have taken place. So possibly the best things that happen are the things that never did. Um, and so that's just like that perspective. And um, obviously you can always look back and be like, oh my goodness, what would have happened if I would have you know, stayed in the Naval Academy and done all that? And I mean, look at me, I'm all this because it's not a, that's not a, that's a, that's, it's hard to, to get in um, into that, in that academy. But uh, so uh, that leads me to here now. And I look back and I'm with all the things that have happened in my life from, you know, 18 to 21. Now I'm thankful. I see the reason why God had me here. And uh, because my relationship with my parents wasn't as well. Um, you know, I'm not the perfect kid by any means. If you ask my mom, I'm probably the most stubborn out of us us four. And um, just realized that I started getting a good community at that point and started my relationship with my parents. I was like, well, I want to make that better. And and then also I didn't want to miss out on, you know, my younger siblings and their life because it would have been eight years where I really wouldn't have seen them that much. Um, so, yeah. From then, I, so I was like, I stayed here. I went to community college um, and then really got into a group um, of boys, or I guess you say guys, group of guys who really challenged me and loved me well, um, just because sometimes it's hard to find genuine people in life um, and authentic people who really do care about you, even when things are not going well. And so, I mean, shout out to these guys that they're listening, you know, um, uh, Robert, you know, Christian, Josh, Dawson. Alex, Fuego, all those guys, even more so too, but especially these guys have have been in my corner. They supported me, encouraged me. Um, I would not be the, the person I am today, and I'm a big believer that people around you in your life, whether it's your friends, mentors, even family, people you work with do shape you in some way, and that reflects your business and the passions you pursue too. Um, so those guys, I would tell you, um, you know, I my, my little quote thing is, your tribe is your vibe. So you better have a good tribe because that's the vibe that's going to be reflected upon anyone else. And I definitely have a good tribe. Those those bros are are, are just are more than just best friends, but they're my brothers. I mean, we die for each other every single day, um, you know, wanting to see us, each other succeed and going to be there in the failures. Um, so very thankful for them. Big part of my life. And, and then I was able to have an opportunity, um, even going through uh, that Young Adults Ministry Paradigm where I met my guys, um, and Lee Summit was uh, a guy named, a guy named uh, by uh, Chad Glover. And uh, that guy is, is a lead pastor um, for Paradigm, the Young Adults Ministry. And uh, 
able to do a mentorship and establish it for about a year and a half. So just seeing him and how he worked in my life and definitely called me up in a lot of ways. Like I, I would, didn't realize how immature I was until being around him. Um, he's basically been like the older, older brother to me because um, I've never had one. So that was an awesome opportunity just to have that. We've done so much together from, I mean, understanding the Bible better to, you know, relationships, possibly in, um, showing him how he interacts with his wife and his kids from working out together. I remember there was one time we were working out in the basement together and he had like a pull-up bar, like a homemade pull-up bar in the basement. And he's like, let's go hard, Christian. Let's go hard, Christian. And he's like, I was like, all right, you, you go first. And he ended up doing pull-ups and he was going so hard, he ended up hitting his head. <laughs> he ended up hitting his head on the on top of the ceiling. <laughs> and I remember him like, keep going. And then he's like, hey, bro, no pain, no gain. <laughs> so I just remember, I mean, it's, you had to be there to, to see it. But just like memories like that, going to weddings together, traveling, doing ministry together, serving people. I mean, if I could be half the man that Chad is, I would be... Um, I would it would be definitely be a huge accomplishment in my life just because that guy is is a stud. I mean, I've never really met anyone like him, and he really does authentically care about me. And so I would just say that having a mentor like that, um, you know, I've I've told him, and I don't think he knows realizes as much, but I never can thank him enough for what he's done in my life, and we still have a great relationship, and just love just love hanging out with him. Um, and so mentors play a big part of your life and who you are. Um, um, but yeah, that's kind of like the gist of kind of where I'm at right now. And, um, the biggest thing I think is for my, is my parents, you know, as far as personal life, always, uh, telling me to be, you know, obviously again, like the hardest worker in the room to, to not being entitled like that, but really just being there for me, showing me what really matters in life and what doesn't and knowing my purpose comes from God and that no one else can define that for me other than him. And, uh, you know, I've definitely, I, I want to come on this real quick and just say, I'm just because I do a podcast and. I'm on social media or anything like that. It doesn't mean I'm like, I got all figured out. I definitely don't. If anything, I probably have it less figured out. Um, and I'm still growing in so many ways, just being full transparency. You know, I'm, I struggle. I have insecurity still. I still sometimes wake up in the morning with, with the eight-year-old kid looking right at me, you know, um, just saying, hey, you're not good enough. You can't do this, Christian. No one's going to believe in you. You can't, you can't do the podcast. What are you thinking? And all these things kind of go into my head. And sometimes I really believe for me, I'm my own worst enemy. When I listen just to fully me, I need other people. And more importantly, um, the creator uh, of me who's created me to, to, to be really the voice, um, in my life. And so, yeah, just th so thankful for my parents, um, both and what they've done for me and my mom, especially just really close to my mom. We're, we're wired the same way. So a lot of times we argue a lot, but just seeing, I have so much respect for women because just because my mom has shown me that she's had the, she's the executive administrator to a Kansas City bone joint clinic. And so above like 11 doctors and two offices and growing, um, and a whole bunch of other staff too. I mean, she's made her way up and especially during that time when she's alive, it's a little different now. It's a lot better, but just really hard the women women are the minority as far as being the bosses i guess you would say and so i have so much respect in in, in her and, and you know and i just i just love that she's going after it and she's she's living proof of just hey you can do anything if you want to put your mind to it and it's going to take some time um yeah and then just um my mom's definitely always encouraged me um to be the better leader and i remember you know this you know just through life in general it's, it's been hard i remember going through a you know i'm normal so i remember going through a breakup about uh, about two years ago, almost, I think, or not about a year ago. Um, and it was probably one of the hardest things because it was a girl I had a crush on for the, for three years, you know, and I, we, um, I really felt that, uh, I definitely loved her for sure. And I thought we we're gonna get married at some point and, uh, you know, it didn't happen. We didn't see eye to eye on that and that's okay. There's no bad blood. And I feel like we left each other better off, um, and better. And that's kind of the goal of dating. 
Um, but I remember just really just struggling and my mom was just encouraging me and and what I realized is in the sufferings, you you learn so much about yourself. There's a chance to grow if you can just change your perspective. Like the trials and stuff is going to make you stronger. It's going to make you persevere. Um, you're going to learn new things about you. You just don't. And, you know, I always remember just had a, had a quote. Just even in that, uh, I realized, like, I was like, Mom, I don't even want to I don't even want to love. You know, that's how low I was. I was just hurt so bad. And it's like, what did I do wrong? I didn't necessarily do anything wrong. It's just life. Like, I just realized that. And so I had this kind of thing that kind of came to my head. I was like, with, with love, I was like, the more you love, the more you hurt. If you don't want to hurt, you don't love. But loving more is worth hurting more because not loving is not living. So love more. And that was definitely something that came to me personally just because I was going through a suffering, you know, and I realized that um, in anything with passions, with people, with with everything, I mean, um, love is probably one of the most important things in this life, uh, true love. You know, and uh, yeah, I just can't thank my mom enough. I'm a mama's boy, um, and I talk about her a lot just because, you know, she's one of the reasons why I push myself so hard. You know, our relationship's a little different. She's, you know, she's not the typical um, lovey-dovey uh, mom, and that's okay. Uh, you know, I wouldn't ask for any other way. She's the, hey, you got to pick up, you know, put the boots on, go outside and start working. Um, you know, get back, you know, pick your feet up. Let's do it again. You know, you, you failed once. All right, you can do it again. Go succeed, you know, go fail again, then go succeed again, go, fail, you know, just on and off. So um, just thankful for her. And then, you know, with, with my mom and my dad's relationship, my mom is a corporate world, my dad's a firefighter. Uh, so definitely just seeing the balance between them and respecting each other in that way. It's been cool to show that, you know, whether, um, whatever, which side you are on, as far as your dad being in the corporate world or mom, whatever, and, or stay at home, it's, you can make it work no matter what. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my background story and just wanted to let people know that you know no one's perfect you still struggle with things i still do to this day and i don't want to be on this platform of saying I, I don't you know and i think perspective for me is everything i think uh you know uh, based on your perspective is really how you're going to set up yourself for success or failure in life you know for me personally i was like i think i, I think i do realize that everyone will have their opinions um but for me personally i've come to the belief that uh, the greatest mentor is not necessarily a person, but it's life. Um, and so for me, and based on my perspective, I have the opportunity to learn from the best every day. And uh, you're going to have great mentors, but really just life in general is where it is at uh, because you're unique in itself and, and uh, you're going to be taught so many things just by you doing life, trying new things, growing, you know, failing and trying again, failing and trying again. And uh, really overall in my life, I've realized, especially coming to now, I'm doing this podcast. I kind of kind of saw that you can't stand out and fit in at the same time. Yeah, you can't stand out and fit in at the same time. And I tried to do that a lot in high school, um, but it's just it's just some of the basic truth, you know. Um, so you have to choose: Do you want to stand out in life? Do you want to pursue things? You're gonna have people that are gonna say things, or do you want to fit in? Um, and I don't I don't want to fit in, you know. And I don't want anyone else to fit in. I want them to be unique, and I want them to pursue what they want to do. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of like my hopefully not too long of a story uh kind of to why um who i am today entrepreneurship life and then really just the vision behind it uh podcast vision is to inspire people um to take action on their passions um so when they're listening to these people's stories they they feel inspired to do something to act and then also to act upon what they want to do you know i feel like a lot of it is oh they have so many dreams and goals but 
you know, they're, they're just dreams and goals. They're not really like real life reality. I guess they're not reality if you don't take action to them. And so I guess I want pe real people on here that are actually taking action, that have been inspired and then are doing it um, and pursuing their passions. Um, another thing is providing value, whether it's one piece of content or 20, 20 to 30 pieces of content that you get out of it. Uh, just something that's tangible, that's worth your listen, worth worth listening to. You know, I don't want you to get on and be like, oh my goodness, like what am I listening to? This is not even valuable. I don't want to waste your time. Um, and I don't take offense to that. If you're like, hey, I don't, I'm not really interested, and I listen halfway, that's totally fine. I'm not offended to that. Um, I just, you know, I hope for for most that they can they can um, have value. They can bring value um, from this podcast. Um, being um, a part of it and then also the people listening to it they can take away that value um, and then just to encourage others and then uh, and, and another small thing too is just to build up some small businesses and entrepreneurs you know I'll have some bigger entrepreneurs and, and businesses and that'll be great but really just to build the local um, community here uh, small businesses and uh, just get their name out there because I feel like there's a lot of people that are that um, are the up and coming and uh, I just feel like they're undervalued and I think if we can just value them um, it would be um, it'd be prime to inspire more people to get out of their comfort zones and pursue their passions. And, uh, you know, my main goal really for just life is honestly, I, I love people authentically do just because of, of Christ who loved me first. And I want people to succeed. You know, I think my downfall sometimes is that I want people to succeed more than I want to succeed. That's my true joy, honestly. Um, you know, and so that's kind of where I'm at. And I remember, you know, doing this podcast for the first time. And I think Caleb and Abby will always be a special part in my life just because they were the first people I interviewed. Um, and they, I, I honestly love them dearly now getting, become closer friends with them and just talking about business, but just life in general. Um, there are some really genuine people and I remember them just saying, yeah, of course we'll do the podcast. Like they didn't even, you know, second guess it, you know, just seeing that support. I love that. I wish, I wish more people could be like Abby and Caleb. Um, so shout out to them too. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of like the wrap up of who I am and just things in life that I wanted to, to talk about and you guys to get, get to know me a little bit. Um, but and then most of most of all, you know, uh, my my quote is kind of like, you know, life is too too short to settle for less, um, but it's also too long to settle for less. And so it's like, what is your perspective? What are you living for? What's your purpose? What's your passion? And I think it's good to to, to be self aware of who you are, what you want, and to reflect back on the past, so you could aspire and to take action in the present moment and in the future. Um, so yeah, that's me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I really do appreciate it. Um, yeah. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you found this valuable in any way, or if you know of someone that would find this valuable um, uh, based on today's uh, podcast, um, please feel free to share it to them, uh, post it on social media, subscribe to the channel, even download it. It would mean so much to me. Um, if you know of someone who would want to be on the podcast that would fit the mold as being a, an entrepreneur, a small business owner um, who's about the process, or even if, if you're in that, if you were in that case, uh, feel free to call me or text me at 816-714-9904. You can also reach out to me um, on any social media network uh, at christian.j.lynch. Um, feel free to send me anything if you have any questions regarding the topics at all. Again, guys, know your purpose, pursue your passion, and most importantly, enjoy the process. Till next time.